Consciousness is always evolving and our present perception becomes our conscious reality. Is life happening for you or is it happening to you? A life of authenticity is a life of skillfully practicing your values. You are perfectly human and even when we stumble, we still stumble forward. If you seek truth and move in love, then you're family. I invite you to have a seat at our table. You are listening to an authentic outlier, the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner. I am chasing after that same question that every last one of us, including everyone out there that's listening to me right now, is asking themselves, which is who am I? No matter what we attain in life, no matter how far we go, that question always comes up. Who am I? Because just when we think we know who we are, something comes up and we realize that's not exactly who I thought I was. But even that is an illusion because who we are is never stagnant. The one constant in life is change. And so time does one thing, which is move forward and we move forward with it. Right. And so who we are, that question of who am I is a fluid question and and it has a fluid answer. We're never at one single point in time. We're always moving. Life is always happening. And so when I say I'm not your expert, I want you to understand, and, and, and it took me a while to, to really let this saturate. And it really wasn't until recently, uh, towards the end of February, that I accepted it. I am a guide. That's all I can be. And as a guide, I can only take you as far as I've been. There's limitations to my guidance is what I'm saying. But the most important thing that I can tell anyone who's seeking guidance, who's seeking knowledge, who's seeking out an expert, first begin by looking in the mirror. Ignorance and freedom cannot coexist. I had a lot of role models growing up, and then one day I realized that I had to decide to be my own role model. And when I started to look at myself from that lens, I no longer saw limits on who I was because I was free from expectation. I am not your expert. I have a lot of information. Yes, I am a professional. Not, oh, y'all saw the disclaimer. I'm not a therapist in this space. I'm not trying to be a therapist in this space. This is just my little playground where I just let loose. And I say things like my outliers perspective, which may be space could that talk for some of y'all, but then for some of y'all, others, it's going to hit home. For some people, they realize that I'm not just talking head talk. I'm talking heart talk. And even if your mind doesn't understand, your heart still feels me. You know, I got what I got like 12, I don't know, somewhere between 12 and 15 letters behind my name. Those, those, those letters don't define me. Not, and not only that, but I've never attached myself to letters because it can be taken away from me. And anything can be taken away from me is not me. It does not belong to me. It is not mine. And so I've long divorced. Even though I work damn hard for every single letter that I have, you know, I realize that I cannot attach myself to that because that is not a, an extension of who I am. And that's the only good thing about my doctoral degree. Out of all the letters behind my name, like you said, certifications, you can't take that PhD from me. Mm. My dissertation is copyrighted. I own that shit. Mm. Now, 
licensures, you can come for that. Like the board could pull it from me tonight if they wanted to. But mm. that be that's mine. So I had to make sure I had something because I'm at a place in my life where I'm gonna be me. Mm. I don't you're not about to tell me what I can and cannot say because this comma behind my name and that comma. Oh, well, you went to this institution, so you know you represent us. I don't represent nobody but Dr. Tiffany Zachary. So, my first question is, what is imposter syndrome? Can you define, paraphrase, however you want to lay that down? I ain't, I ain't limiting you to structure. I don't need, I don't need to know what the hell uh, we have a right dictionary say. But you tell me what imposter syndrome is. Um, so I looked it up, you know, I, I, we, as, as therapists, hey. you're known to, you know, you have to give the people what research says, right? Yeah. American Psychological Association says imposter phenomena occurs among high achievers who are unable to internalize and accept their success. They often attribute their accomplishments to luck rather than to ability and fear that others will eventually amass them as a fraud. I don't agree with this definition. Um, this is also not an official diagnosis. This is not within nobody's DSM, anything like that. This is just two women who did research. They came up with a terminology to coin what people were experiencing. So for me, I look at as imposter syndrome. So for myself, I don't look at it as a lack in my ability. I, I know I can do it. Like, mm-hmm. but when imposter syndrome sets in for me is when I feel like, okay, how did I get this far? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know I'm doing it, but it's like, how did I get this far? Mm-hmm. Like, I never liked the ability that I can get a PhD. I can read and write. So, yes, I can. I can think on that level of critical thinking. But it's like, how the hell did I get here from my past? Mm-hmm. Like, if you knew my past, like, my mother's history, like, my mom has a history of being a felon. I'm not supposed to be here. So, for mm-hmm. me, imposter syndrome sets in from coming from a family of addiction and uh, domestic violence and, you know, all these different things. So, for me, it's a cultural aspect. It's it's trauma. Mm-hmm. It, it has nothing to do with my ability. I know I can do it. <laughs> so, but I, I I must say, how did you get ahead when you look back? When you look back, how did you get this far? Is it's it's by simply choosing to look ahead. You see, that's that's what you did. You chose to look ahead. You ever notice that that whenever you uh, walk or whenever you jog, if you listen to music and you're constantly looking ahead, before you know it, you didn't walk further than you ever walked before. You didn't jog further than you ever jogged before. It's because you are looking ahead and you ain't looking where you're coming from. And so you knew that you had to get the hell up out of that situation and you had to rise above that situation. So what you did, you turned your sights forward and you said, I ain't looking back. And now when you can, now that you have enough space and enough freedom and enough safety to look back, you realize how far you came from. You trying to figure out how the hell you came that far by determination, resiliency and brilliance. But I, but I hear what you're saying. And, and here's my thing. And this is something that I, you know, I got to tell my people. I tell my people the time that we're not our story because uh, everyone has been through trauma. And especially if you're a person of color, most of us have been through more trauma than most complex trauma. And we're not that 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 we look at our past and we look at the ugliness of it. You know, the things that that we resorted to out of safety, the things that we said and did when we were in a fight or flight state, you know, and we judge ourselves based off of that. But that represents who we are not. We can't even say that that's who we were, because in a fight, flight or flight state, you are not yourself. You are acting in a state of compulsion. 
We know that, you know, and to, to be to act in a state of compulsion is to act in a way that is not authentic to who you truly are, because you're focused on living, just surviving and surviving and existing is much different than living. To live, you got to move into that space of authenticity. But who's going to be authentic when they don't feel safe being authentic? And that's why so many people struggle with being authentic. But I challenge that because I don't ever feel like I'm in fight or flight. The only time I could tell you I maybe was in fight or flight when I had a domestic situation and I had to fight my way out of not being killed. But I wouldn't I didn't run. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always in survival mode. So, again, it's like who coined fight or flight and who was that for? Because yeah. I ha- I have never been in fight. I'm a survivor, so I'm a stander. So microaggression is something that I always experience. It- it's the most annoying thing ever. For instance, when I worked at a PWI, I will not say the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will. I was always looked at as a student, especially when I don't have my glasses on. You know, I'm walking around campus with my tux on, this, that, and the third. But I'm coming to, you know, at the registrar's office or whatever to talk to the, the president of the university on behalf of my department or for a student. You know, that's annoying because mm-hmm. it's not until I say I'm Dr. Tiffany Zachary that your introduction of me changes and mm-hmm. then I can get what I need done. So I think that affects a lot of people because they play into those roles that people always, um, you know, place upon them, depending on their work environment or whatever it may be. But that that's not me. I'm not doing it. I'm like, my name is Dr. Tiffany. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, but why did it change? It doesn't matter if I'm a student or not. I'm at a four-year university. So the IE, that means I'm a fucking adult. So it doesn't matter what my title is. Respect is respect. But it's crazy how when I say I'm doctor, that changes. And then it's like, oh, my God, how old are you? I didn't know that mattered either. I'm 35. Oh, you don't look like it. What the fuck does a 35-year-old look like? Apparently not you. (laughs) (laughs) So that is that imposter syndrome. That right there, because people play into that. Especially if you had a PWI, that's not that many individuals that are my age that's a doctor yeah so they hear speaking up doing times like that just recently i had to go down to my uh my my a family member's uh school uh because one of my other family members who i love and adore was having (laughs) some issues at the school (laughs) because some child had been harassing her saying that she had nappy hair all day long uh-oh. And this is not the first incident, you know, of, of, of you know, her experiencing that, this type of harassment. And then uh, this, the, the teacher's phone rung or something like that. And uh, it sounded like a, a police alarm or something like that. And the, the little boy said, the police are coming to get you. And, uh, the, you know, my this family member has been traumatized already. Uh, like this, she used to cry as a, as a youngster, as a baby, when she used to see police officers because of things that she's experienced. And so I had to move into that space and educate uh, the powers that be who did nothing to the boy. Um, didn't see that there was any, any, uh, nothing egregious done on his end. Um, I had to educate him in that space about microaggression and how that, eventually when it's unaddressed turns into internalized oppression uh, where we begin to hate ourselves because if no one is protecting us from that, then it must mean that we deserve it, right? That's that's how our mind begins to internalize that thing. And so we begin to hate ourselves and want to be anything else other than ourselves. 
If I allow you to impose on what I can and cannot do as a grown ass woman, that's my fault. That is not your fault. Mm-hmm. I am creating my life. So if I can't work in these spaces where I feel less than or I have to question my identity, do something else. Mm. Like people are so minimal. Like I mm. tell my friends all the time, you do understand that there's an entire world. Like you don't, you can go move to Dubai if you wanted to. You don't have to put up with that shit here in the United States. You're choosing to do that because it's safe. Mm. So I don't agree with that at all. Mm. There's no. Ain't mm. nobody about to tell me what I... No. What about to tell you? They ain't telling me shit. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up in It's just about... Being confident in who you are as a man or a woman, no matter what your skin color is. Mm-hmm. It does not matter. You are a human being and no one is more than you. Nobody. Mm-hmm. But if you believe that, like you said, if you idolize these people, that's your bad. I'm not doing it. What did you mean by why can't both authenticity and professional title coexist? We were hitting on it. I know we already hit on it, but I, this is a big one that I really want people to like understand. Like mm, the, the the challenges that we face, uh, not only as as clinicians try, being authentic, trying to be human, and at the same time live to this ridiculously high standard of always being a professional, you know. But also we're minorities, mm. you know. And so, what do you mean by why can't both authenticity and professional title coexist? But that goes back to what you were saying about identity. We need identity development. Like, I remember one time I worked at a hospital and I wore my Delta jacket um, and my boss was like, you can't wear it. I was like, why? She was like, so I'm like, no, what you trying to say? I'm in a gang. Like, girl, I got a whole master's. What are you talking about? But that's that thing. Like, you know, what you what you are a part of doesn't coincide with our business. You You don't look like what you supposed to be doing today, like your title. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why can't they coexist? I know I can't pull up, you know, Boosie all blaring out this day and the third. You know what I do, but I, I don't know why I can't wear my head wrap. You know, why do when I come with my natural hair, y'all got to touch it and we got to have this whole conversation of where I get my bundles from and things like that. Like, why can't I just be me and have a professional title? Why do I be looked over? And that's another reason I got my PhD, because you're going to have a hard ass time explaining why you looked over me for that position. Uh, uh uh The only thing you can say is you didn't look the part. That's the only thing you got. But you ain't going to say that because then you're going to have a lawsuit. So Uh that's why I'm asking, because professionalism, who who created that? So in the space that I'm in, you know, I, I, I have to do it my way. And honestly, we have the same very, very. Yeah, we have pretty much the same style, you know. Um, I'm I'm very to the point, you know, and I can only give it the way that I know how to give it. Just that's that's what I meant earlier when I said, as far as being a guide, I can only guide you as far as I've gone, you know. But I can only deliver it to you the way that I know how to deliver it to you. That's authentic to me. And you're right; not everybody's going to fit that, you know. It's it's not supposed to be, you know. It, that just doesn't exist, you know. And so you gotta you gotta align yourself with the right right frequencies. Align with people that that they're already there. Wherever you're trying to go at, they're already there, you know. And so if I look like a space that you're trying to be in, but not quite there yet, then yeah, I'm your person, you know. But if you don't know what you're looking for, then anywhere I get you there, 
if you don't know what road you need to go down, any road to get you there, you know? And so definitely that still requires inward reflection. That still uh, requires you to sit down and ask yourself this question of what is it that I'm actually seeking? What is it that I'm needing, you know? And so this place of authenticity, you know, we had a great conversation on the phone about this. And authenticity, of course, y'all know that's my thing, you know, assist others in developing the audacity to live unapologetically authentic. And it's in that space of authenticity that when you align your your actions with your values, it's in that place of authenticity that you experience higher emotions, fulfillment, and and one of my most precious experiences, freedom and enlightenment. It was it was technically always it was always as such, but we 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 respond to the um, to the pressures of the power that be. It, it this authenticity thing is a is a practice. It ain't no. I just choose to be authentic and then bam, from that moment you're on your authentic because it's scary to be authentic because you know that that people don't like authenticity because they haven't made that choice. It's not that they don't like you. They don't like the choice that you made that they haven't developed the courage to make yet. And so then they attack you for making the choice that they didn't make yet, right? And so we know how, how we could be seen and mischaracterized. And that's that's one of my biggest traumas to be mischaracterized and be misunderstood. But we know how we can be misunderstood and mischaracterized in this space of authenticity. And the, the letters that I got, like I mentioned earlier, I, and, and you notice how I always stumble over the letters when I start to go through my titles and stuff like that. The letters and stuff I got, I got those specifically because I said these were things I was going to learn about anyway. So I might as well get some letters behind my name for learn reading the books that I was going to read anyway. And also, it lets people know that I know stuff. I got that for other people. I ain't get that for me. I know what I know. Other people don't know what I know. So I got those letters so people say, okay, he knows something. But still, they don't know what I'm going to give them because they don't know me. And they're not going to get to know me until they come through that door. Because me having knowledge, again, doesn't convert to you having knowledge. And what if I decide to hold on to all that knowledge? I can read a thousand books. What if I decide to hold on to all that knowledge to give you foolishness the entire time you're in my office? So you still don't know what you're getting from a so-called expert. You know, some people have PhDs. Again, definitely not Dr. Zachary here, but a lot of people have, some people have PhDs and all that made them was an educated fool. I mean, I know it may be difficult. You may be at risk of losing things, but don't ever put that risk of losing yourself. It's, it's not that serious. This is not a dress rehearsal. As they always say, you get one life. So create mm. the life you want to live. Do you tell your time what to do? Or does your time tell you what to do? Are you living? Or are you merely existing? Are you constantly reacting? Or are you responding to life? Mixed beliefs create confusion, and confusion creates a life of stagnation. Desire a change? Visit www.becomeanoutlier.com slash about to start your journey. Stay tuned for more episodes and keep listening to the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner. The content on the School of Outliers podcast, website, social media, and webinars are not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. No statement on this website, affiliates websites, webinars, and any other mode of communication 
and or contact are intended to imply that any person should seek services or treatment are used in a place of treatment recommended by an accredited healthcare provider. Any medical questions you have concerning topics addressed on this website or in webinars should be directed to a healthcare professional.